Merry Christmas. We're so glad that you're here at our Christmas Eve service. Can we stand up together this morning and sing together? Come on, let's put our hands together. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. Saving one, he's the saving one. Whoa, shout for joy. See what love has done. He's the saving one, he's the saving one. Joy to the world, the saving. Son of God is the saving one. He's the saving one. Whoa, shout for joy. See what love has done. He's the saving one. He's the saving Sing Jesus Emmanuel. Jesus Emmanuel. Oh, come, let us adore him. Jesus Emmanuel. Oh, come, let us adore Son of God, He's the saving one. He's the saving one. Oh, shout for joy. See what love has done. He has come for us. He's the saving one. Oh, shout for joy for the Son. saving one he's the saving one 
see you here today. We are so glad that you're with us. Before you're seated, would everybody do me a favor and move, if you have space available, move to your left. That would be awesome. Move to your left so we can make some room for folks that are uh, going to be coming in. We really do appreciate it. Now, you may be seated. Merry Christmas to you. Good to see you in church today. Can we give the Lord a ovation of praise? He's worthy. Yeah. He's worthy of our praise. We are so, so happy that you're here. In your seat, you have a Connect card that has especially been made for this service. Please, we're asking everybody to fill that out. Give us name, address. Uh, if we already have your, your phone number and information, you don't have to put that in again. But if we don't, please put that in. And then at the close of the service on your way out the door, uh, there will be some folks at the doors to take those from you, okay? All right. Now, I want to address anybody in our audience that's 12 years of age or younger. If you're here, you're 12 years old or younger, let me see you raise your hand really, really high. Woo! Look at there all over the house. Yes. Well, listen, I wanted to let you guys know how happy we are that you are here with us today. We are so excited. Normally, we have special programming for our Bridge Kids, but we wanted you to be a part of this service. You're a part of the Christmas Eve service tonight. We wanted you to be here with your families, but we did do something special for you, and I hope that you received it when you came in. You either got a bag that looks like this or a green bag. Who got a, who got a red bag? Can somebody show me the red bags in the house? How about a green bag? Nobody got either. We got three awesome. Wow, a lot of green bags. Great. Well, I want to tell you what's inside those bags. Inside those bags, we've got a coloring page and some crayons. We've got pipe cleaner. You can make whatever kind of creation you want. We have candy canes. Now, don't let mom and dad eat your candy canes, okay? They're for you. And uh, make sure you eat them all before you go home, okay? Get them all up in there and uh, enjoy them. But we are just so, so happy. We want you to know how glad we are, guys, that you're in service with us today. And we wanted to do something special for you. We also wanted to invite you back next week to Bridge Kids. So thanks so much for being here, everybody, moms, dads, grandparents, aunts, uncles. Thank you for being here to celebrate Christmas Eve with us. We are just so honored that you're here. And uh, now we're going to continue in worship, so I'd like you, if you would, just to stand back up, and let's continue worshiping our Lord. God bless you. I just want to read this morning a little bit from Luke 2, uh, the Christmas story. It says, Now in those days a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the first census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone was on his way to register for the census, each to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was one of the house and the family of David. In order to register along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was with child, while they were there, the days were completed for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. In the same region, there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, 
And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you, and you will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Let's sing this morning, or this evening, the first Noel.
suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened that the Lord has told us all about. Angels, we have heard on high,
So they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen this, they made known the statement which had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it wondered at the things which were told to them by the shepherds. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. The shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen just as had it been told to them.
Father God, we come this evening in the busyness of this season with everything that we have going on with family and friends and all the other stuff and activities of Christmas. And we pause to come and adore the reason for this season. It is you, Lord Jesus. We fix our eyes on you. We give attention to to you because you are the true meaning of why we are here. And we come to say thank you. Thank you for what you've done. There are miracles that are standing in this worship auditorium here this evening. Wonders that you have performed in lives of people to bring healing, to bring financial breakthrough, to heal relationships. And we come and say thank you. We adore you, we lift you up, and we glorify your name. To you, God, be all honor, glory, and praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. So glad you're in church. If you would, be seated. Say hello to somebody right beside you as you're being seated. Merry Christmas, everybody. <coughs> Please forgive my voice tonight. I'm going to do my best to share a few thoughts with you. Uh, the, this, the, the promise of my voice is I'm not going to preach a long time. <laughs> uh, Kim has worked uh, feverlessly and tirelessly for the last two or three days to get my voice to where I can be here tonight. I'm so thrilled to be here. I wish I could have been with you yesterday. But Pastor Andy knocked it out of the park, didn't he? What an amazing message. And with 12 hours notice, the Lord just spoke into him and he spoke it into you. And so we're thrilled with Pastor Andy and the role that he plays. But I really wanted to be with the family on Christmas Eve. So thank you for your prayers that my voice will hold up throughout the evening. Because I do want to share a few things with you. And, uh, and then we're going to approach the Lord's table in communion. Let me mention to you quickly, you do not have to be a member of the bridge, an owner here, to join us in communion because it's not our table. It is the Lord's table, and it is the Lord that invites you. It's important that you understand what we're going to do, and we'll talk about that. 
but please know that if you're visiting with us tonight, uh, this is about the body of Christ. This is not about one local expression of the body of Christ. So you're welcome to join us in communion tonight. I'll give you some more instructions in just a few minutes. There are some communion sets that were put in the, t- in the chairs. If you didn't get a set, if you'll raise your hand right now, the ushers are in the back. They'll make sure you get a set so that we can move seamlessly into communion when the time comes. I see some hands down here, guys. Anybody that did not get a communion set, let's make sure that you get some right down here. Anybody else? All right. So we can flow straight into the communion uh, time. We still got a hand down here, ushers. Right down front, third row. Member of my bridge group, by the way, so take care of my people, okay? We got her hooked up. So I just wanted to make some observations uh, about that Christmas story, some general observations to kind of get our wheels turning, get our wheels thinking as we approach the Lord's table. Um, I think there are three things that are vital for us to pull out of the story as it comes down to this issue of communion and approaching the Lord's table together. The first one simply is that God speaks our language. When you read the Christmas story, you see all kinds of characters from all kinds of places, and no matter where they were from and no matter what their background was, God spoke to them in a way that they could relate to what he was saying. (coughs) The wise men were... Uh, astronomers, they studied the stars, they studied the heavens, and so God put a star in the skies that they would follow. He spoke to them with a star. The Jewish priests were the historians of the day, and they studied Old Testament scripture and law especially, and so God spoke to them through more than 800 prophecies that would take place uh, that Jesus then fulfilled so that they would know. The shepherds believed in guardian angels, and so he sent angels to talk to them. I mean, whoever they were in this story, God spoke to them in a language that they could speak. And that's what God does. He has this amazing way of cutting through <coughs> the junk of our lives and, and speaking to us in a way that only we can hear. I heard a story many years ago about a farmer who, uh, who recognized as the snow began to f- fall in the wintertime that there was a flock of young birds. Forgive me, I have ginger tea here to help me out. Uh, a flock of birds that didn't fly south for the winter for whatever reason. And he, he, he would go out every day and, and he would open the barn doors and he would say, if you just fly into the barn, I can keep you warm and keep you fed until the springtime comes. But every time he would walk out and speak to them, they'd fly away because they were scared of him. They didn't know what in the world to do with that. And, and so he just prayed and prayed and prayed. Is there any way, Lord? Uh, that I could communicate to them that there's a safe place if they could come. And it occurred to him one day, if only I could speak bird. Well, he couldn't, but God does. Whatever language you speak, God speaks that language. All of the languages of the earth and all the languages of our lives, he speaks. In fact, can we just take a second? <clears throat> Those of you that have come to Christ, uh, how did you first come to him? How did you first realize or came to that point that you realized that he is, in fact, not just the Messiah of mankind, but he was, in fact, the Savior uh, of your life? How many of you came to that point when you were listening to a sermon? How, how many of you heard a sermon? God bless that hand. I see that hand. Yes, God bless that hand. All right. How many of you heard some music? You heard a song, and, and the words of that song really spoke to you. You got some hands there, okay? How many of you had a friend that just shared their lives with you, and, and they just really had a big impact? How many of you had a mama or a grandmama that, that had a huge impact? That would be my case, both mother and grandmother. How many of you are watching TV? Billy Graham or, or one of those great. My dad came to the Lord uh, watching Billy Graham, didn't say a word to us, on a Tuesday night, he gave his life to the Lord at home, and on Sunday, he, he knocked me down getting to the altar to give his life publicly to Christ. 
Second like thing, how many of you read a book, saw an article, saw a tract or something like that? Anybody like that? Truth is, God speaks to all of us in lots of different ways. I heard about the guy <coughs> that said, well, my dad was a Baptist, my mom was a Methodist. I'm an online church. How many of you are online church? Some of you onlineers out there that are watching us right now? There are 300 people that watch our services online all over the world. God speaks to you no matter where you are. I think that's why he came as a baby, because nobody is intimidated by a baby. He wants to speak your language. The second observation, I think, from the Christmas story is that not only does he speak our language, but he reaches us where we are. The wise men studied the stars for wisdom, so God put a star in the sky that they would follow, and, and by following a star, they found the truth. His name was Jesus Christ, and they didn't need to study the stars anymore because they've now found the true source of truth, the Savior. Read the stories of Jesus' life, and you see that over and over and over again, regardless of, uh, of their motives, uh, when they got hungry to know, Jesus spoke to them and found them where they were. Zacchaeus was just curious about this guy who was doing teaching and preaching. He was so curious that he climbed a tree. And what did Jesus do? He went to the foot of the tree and said, get down, I'm going to your house today. You can go on through the scriptures. Bartimaeus was blind and hurting and, and just simply wanted to see Jesus because he heard that he could heal him of his blindness. He just he had a need. He wanted it met. Jesus met him where he was. Samaritan woman wasn't even necessarily looking for Messiah. She was looking for water to take back to her village. And Jesus showed up at the well and said, I can give you different kind of water. I can give you water that will give you life forever. And it will spring like living streams out of your life. She found Jesus at a well. Some of the people in the New Testament were a little harder head than, headed than those guys. Peter found Jesus pretty quickly, but he had a really hard time getting his legs under him, didn't he? Just, you know, uh, I used to call him Mr. Open, uh, open Mouth just to change feet. I mean, just every time you turn around, he's saying something stupid, and he's just getting messed up all over again, all the way down to the point of Christ's uh, night of betrayal. Uh, Peter denied even knowing him, and yet Jesus never gave up on him. At one point he said, get thee behind me, Satan, but Jesus never gave up on him. And even after his resurrection, he's saying, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Go feed my Sheep, down the line, you see God speaking to us in our language, and you see God reaching out to us. Saul uh, was, was so hard-headed that he was actually putting uh, uh, Christians in jail for being Christians, and some say he's complicit in the murder of Stephen, the stoning of Stephen. He was there at least holding the cloaks when it happened, and so God had to strike him down on a, on a road and strike him blind, and Jesus showed up and said, what are you doing, man? I'm the one you're looking for. So no matter what's going on in your life and no matter where you are and no matter how far from God you think you are right now, I think you came here to hear this hoarse, white-haired preacher say, God speaks your language and he knows where you are and he loves you right where you are. You don't have to get right before you come to him. You come to him and then he helps you sort it out. You come to him just the way you are and watch him receive you and love you because he loves you so much. In fact, I'll just be honest with you and tell you, um, you can run, but you can't hide. Anybody agree with me on that one? When God's people start praying, you can run, but you can't hide. I remember my senior year in high school thinking, you know, if my mama quit praying, I could sin like I wanted to. I remember thinking that. But I knew I was, I was a daughter. I was just something that I could do because she wasn't going to quit. 
Here's what David said, Psalm 139, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Hear me, even if you're running from God right now, he not only speaks your language, he knows where you are, and he's not going to give up. He's going to run after you till he overtakes you with his love. My recommendation to you is stop running. I met a roofer just a few weeks ago. I told some of you the story. <coughs> he and I got into a conversation about the Lord, and he said, well, you know, I'm just not ready. Yeah, I believe all that, but I'm just not ready. And I said, what are you waiting for, man? He said, I'm just not ready. Well, what, what do you got to do to be ready? I'm just not ready. I don't even know why he's ready, but I got him to promise me that he'd call me when he was ready. I gave him a cell phone number. You see, you can run and run and run and run and run. And one day, one day, hear me, one day if you wake up and hear him and receive his love, you'll say, what in the world have I been running from all this time? You mean this was available to me all this time? And I've been running from it? Hear me, God's people are praying for you to come to know Jesus Christ. And if you haven't yet, then before this night is over, quit running. Because the best life there is is available on the other side of stopping that run. He'll stick a star in the sky. He'll put a person in your path. He'll climb a tree if he has to. He'll come and get you. Because you matter to him. The third simple observation that I'll make is that not only does he speak our language and not only does he know where we are and will come to where we are to find us, um, I believe he places the desire in our hearts to know him. Ecclesiastes says that eternity is imprinted on the, on the hearts of men. 99% of cultures in the world have an afterlife motif in their culture. They understand <laughs> that there is a God to know and a God to be received and an eternity that's before us. And so I believe God puts this desire in us so the time will come. I hope that it will come soon for all of you if it hasn't already. When you will stop running and you will say, God, I'm yours. <coughs> I want a relationship with you and I want to be in relationship with you and if perhaps you're here in this Christmas Eve service and 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 you'd made that decision a long time ago but if you're honest you kind of backburnered this thing for a while and you've gotten kind of careless about this thing for a while and you'll let other things get ahead of of this relationship with Jesus for a while then hear me God brought you here for you to start fresh tonight to lean back into the relationship that he has for you and the love that he has for you he wants you so badly and I can tell you that when you realize just how badly he wants to be in relationship, you'll do what you have to do to find him. The shepherds risked losing their job when they found out the Messiah had been born. The wise men traveled for miles and miles and miles through danger and all kinds of difficulties to get there. Many of the priests who were even complicit in Jesus' murder eventually came to know him and gave up their careers, <coughs> their influence in the community. Once they knew who he was, I could take some time 
and tell you my story about coming to know Jesus. I could open the mic and have a hundred of you or a couple hundred of you walk by and tell your story, but the theme would be common. The theme would sound a lot the same. And it would be simple, this reality, Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Most of you in this room watching online, I've come to that place where you heard that knock at the door, you heard that sound, and you opened the door, and he came in. Some of you, that was in church, listening to a sermon or a song. Some of you, that was listening to a, a mother pray or whatever the circumstances were. Some of you were in a bar at a party, and you're looking around, and everybody around you acts like they're having a good time, they're half drunk, and you find yourself kind of pulling back, still there physically, but emotionally pulling back and saying, man, there's got to be more to life than this. And there is, and you know there is. What you may not have understood is that was Jesus knocking. That was Jesus saying there is more than this. And I have so much more for you than you can imagine. Just come, open the door. Because I'm a gentleman. I'm not going to force you. I'll speak your language. I'll come to where you are. But at the end of the day, I'm going to plant this desire in your heart to know me. You have to make the choice. You have to make the decision, and so I beg you tonight on this Christmas Eve evening, you may not even know why you're here. You may think you're here because it's Christmas Eve, and this is what you do on Christmas Eve. You may think you're here because your wife wasn't going to smile at you and be nice to you afterwards if you didn't come. <coughs> Maybe your kids just said, come on, please come, whatever you think your reason is. That's the reason. And I hope you'll open the door to him and let him speak to you tonight. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for knocking at our heart's door. Thank you for speaking to us in a way that we would understand. Thank you for coming to where we were and not giving up on us. And thank you for giving us a desire to know you. We celebrate that among the hundreds of people that are sitting in this room right now who know you and love you and serve you and have the privilege of telling others about the good news that they found in Jesus Christ. But we also celebrate the fact that you're still knocking. There may well be some people in the room tonight who haven't given their lives to you yet, and this is their night. I pray that that's so in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. The Bible says that on the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. And every time you eat of it, you do so in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup also saying, this is the, the new relationship. You'll no longer have a relationship with the Father by keeping the law. You're going to have a relationship with me because I've given my life for you. I've paid the price for your sin. And when you drink this cup, representative of my blood that was shed on Calvary, it'll be a reminder that you can have a grace-based, mercy-driven, awesome relationship with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ. So would you take that communion cup in your hand? You can peel back those layers. The first layer has a, wa a wafer. The second layer has juice. Again, you need not be a member of the bridge to join us, but it is important 
Did you understand? We're not just about to eat and drink something. We're about to say, I need Jesus. We're about to say, I believe that he loves me. I believe that he speaks my language. I believe that he knows where I am. I believe that he's going to pursue me until I finally say yes because he loves me that much and I want a relationship with him. And so as you hold those elements in your hand, for some of you it's, a, it's an act of thanksgiving, of gratitude for what you know Jesus has done for you that one time on Calvary and a thousand times since in answered prayer. For others of you, Perhaps it's the first time you've ever said, Jesus, I need you. All you have to do is join me in a simple prayer. In your own words, but let it come from your heart. Jesus, I'm sorry you died for my sins because it was my sin that put you there. But I'm so glad you did. Thank you. Forgive me of my sin and give me a fresh start today and begin the healing process in my life that will lead to the healthy relationship with you and the people in my life that I long for so deeply. In Jesus' name, amen. He took the bread and he broke it. He said, this is my body which is broken for you. Father, bless this bread as we receive it. Let it be a reminder of what you did for us that day on Calvary. In Jesus' name, would you eat the bread with me? The same manner also he took the cup saying, this is the New Testament in my blood. And every time you drink it, let it be a reminder. My blood that was shed for you, not only for the forgiveness of your sins, but for the healing of your bodies. By his stripes, we're healed. So, Lord, we pray for healing emotionally, spiritually, physically, relationally. We pray for that healing and believe that as we drink this cup, that power is available. Would you drink with me? Father, you know us, you see us, you know who we are. We thank you for the privilege that we have to walk with you and do life with you and to walk with your brothers and sisters, your children. <coughs> I pray simply that you would spark something fresh in every one of us, that this Christmas, Christmas 2018, would be the best Christmas gift of all, the gift of our hearts to you. Thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name. While Jesus was here, he taught in the synagogues and he, he taught the people many things, profound, deep wisdom that stirred hearts and, and ultimately thousands of people uh, followed him and they, went to, they wanted to hear what he had to say and, and he performed miracles that caused people to, to say, this, surely this is the Son of God and, and literally thousands of people flocked to him to hear his teachings and to receive his miracles. But every now and then, in the middle of all of that, Jesus would say something profound that would, would stir up protest. Right in the middle of saying something like, you know, you ought to be taking good care of the widows and orphans, he'd say, by the way, you know I'm God, right? You, you know I am 
the Messiah. I'm Jesus, Savior of the world. And some people would lean in and recognize surely he is Messiah. Others would get stirred up and, and fight against him, and ultimately they killed him for it. But on one of those occasions in John chapter 8, Jesus went to the temple to teach, as he often did. It happened to be in the season of Hanukkah when Jewish families were lighting the menorah. There are eight candles in, in the menorah, and, the, and each day of, of Hanukkah, those eight days of Hanukkah, the eldest son of every family would light a candle that had great significance in Jewish history. The central candle of the menorah is what they always referred to as the Christ candle, the Messianic candle. And as the Jewish families would light that Messianic candle, for them it would be a prayer that Messiah would come one day. Jesus, in the midst of one of his teachings, walked over to the Messianic candle and he lit it as eldest sons did. But this time he turned to the crowd and he said, I am the light of the world. No one comes to the Father but by me. But if you'll come, you'll have life. Shocking words. The Pharisees actually said, you can't be a witness for yourself. Yes, he can because he is the Christ. The ushers are coming. They're going to light their candles from the Christ candle at the center because Jesus came not to hoard that light or keep that light for himself. He came to share it. And when we receive it, it becomes our job to share it as well. So the ushers are going to come and they're going to light their candle. And they're going to make their way through the audience down these center aisles. And I want you to get your candle lit. And I want you to share it. I want you to enjoy that flame. And then I want you to share it with somebody. And I'll give you a little dynamic here. Hold your candle up straight. Because <laughs> if you light it like that, you're going to burn yourself and somebody else. Okay, so hold it up straight. And let them lean in to light it. But let's bring the light of Christ into this house through our individual relationship with Christ as Pastor Jared leads us in Silent Night.
Let's all stand up together. Let's sing this. Shepherds quake at the sight. Glory stream from heaven afar. Heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. Christ the Savior. Chapter 9, verse 6 says, For unto us a child will be born, to us a son will be given, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. And there will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it, and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from then on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Let's lift our candles up together as we sing this last verse. Silent night, holy night, Son of God. Love's pure light, radiant beams from thy holy face. With the dawn of redeeming grace, Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Jesus, Lord, at thy birth. Thank you for coming, Jesus. Thank you for coming, not just to mankind, but thank you for coming to us. As we go out into our day, our evening, our day tomorrow, 
opening gifts and eating food and enjoying one another's company. Help us to remember that this is your birthday. The best we can give you is ourselves, our hearts. Help us to remember this is a celebration of the birth of the Christ child. We thank you for the privilege. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said together, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming tonight. You can extinguish your flames. If you fill out a Connect card, please drop it off with the ushers at the door. And if you will, leave your candles at the door as well. There are receptacles there. We have a 5 o'clock service. We want them to be able candles too. God bless you guys. And Merry Christmas. They're going to take us out with joy to the world. Let's do it. Joy.